Hi, this is Marie. And this is Catherine. Welcome to Off the Shelf, a podcast about books, movies, TV shows, and all things library. Hi, Catherine. How are you today? I'm great, Marie. How are you? I'm pretty good. We are thrilled today to um, welcome to the podcast Dennis Subi, our new fire chief. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We realized uh, a couple weeks ago. (laughs) He's making faces. (laughs) He's going to fit right in. Uh, (laughs) We realized at the State of the City Breakfast that October is fire prevention prevention month. month. Mm. And we thought, ooh, ooh. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get Dennis on the podcast. Great. And then we discovered you're a reader. So mm. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Multiple topics yes. to talk about. Yeah. Um, but why don't we start by, if you would be willing to tell us um, a little bit about how you became who you are. Sure, sure. Uh, well, when I was in high school, uh, I decided I wanted to be a police officer. Huh? And as you can see, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, these, that's how these things happen. Uh so I, I joined the Air Force with early enlistment when I was a junior in high school, oh. planning to go through to become a police officer. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you could do four years of, in service, become a state trooper. That was my plan. Um, in the time from junior year to my graduating, I completely changed my outlook. Uh, I knew I was going to be a public servant of some sort, but I, they call it getting bitten by the bug of the fire service, <laughs> and in that time I was. So uh, when I went into the Air Force, luckily there were fire department jobs available there. So I was able to oh. uh, transition into that career field. And that's what started me off in the fire service. So um, m- many years later, here I sit as the fire chief. <laughs> uh, I have been a member of the active duty Air Force, fire department, National Guard at Pease, uh, I was okay. a member there, and I have been a Milton firefighter, captain, and then I joined the call force in Rochester. A lot of these things happened at, at the same time. So right. it, okay. it sounds like 50 years of stuff. It's not. How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> 95? The, the simultaneous department. You look good. So, yeah. Uh, we'll so, get those secrets later. We'll get those yeah. secrets yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like in uh, 1996, I joined the call force. And then a couple years later, I was I was offered a, a full-time job in Rochester. And I worked my way up through the rank. Uh, and I worked I worked as a firefighter for 11 years. I became a lieutenant, and I did that for five years. And then I transitioned into prevention, which I did for five months because the uh, a training position opened, which mm-hmm. is what I was really looking for to become was a training officer and uh, those positions don't come open very often so I put in for that and I was able to get that job and then within a few years uh, I became the operations chief from that job and which brought me up to my retirement uh, in April of 2021. Wow. Yeah Uh, that was at the time uh, 22 and a half years I had been with Rochester and uh, and things being what they were, uh, I was all set. I was, I was retired, uh, ready to move <laughs> on to another, 
career, uh, second career. I was 46 years old at the time. So, um, but this position opened up and I uh, felt I was a good fit for it. And I put, I put in for the job and everything worked out. So you so came out of it. retirement to be came chief. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Now, what was, just out of curiosity, what was your second career going to be? Oh, you know, I hadn't really, I was working in security at Wentworth okay. Douglas Hospital. Oh, okay. Which, it, it was nothing I ever saw myself doing, but uh-huh. uh, it kind of lended in. I've been an EMT since 1997, and I worked at Wentworth Douglas Hospital for 18 years total as a part-time employee Okay. As when I was a firefighter. So um, I had a lot of experience with that facility, so they welcomed me back with open arms. Yeah, and, I'm sure. Um, it was not a job. I had not been a security officer before, though, so that okay. was new. <laughs> oh, and boy. It was, I, I did love it, honestly, because uh, we got to work directly with um, members of the community that really needed our help. Right. So we, we dealt with a lot of uh, substance use, abuse or disorder, and mental illness and things like that. And as security officers, we were able to keep everything calm and mm. keep things from escalating right get people the help they needed while maintaining control it was it was very nice it was also very difficult mm. yeah yeah, yeah. we we um one of the things that i think a lot of people don't realize about a library is that we see a lot of that population and we don't have that training and we mm. don't have that that skill set and and <clears throat> we don't have a security guard and it would be really helpful in a lot of ways to have some of that some of that, some of those skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really nice. I know this is kind of going off topic, but it's been really nice to have Erin Nacino, mm-hmm. uh, that's her last name, mm-hmm. Nacino, mm-hmm. um, over uh, the new new outreach person at welfare. Uh, we've already called on her a couple of times with, pa- with patrons who are in distress of some sort, and it's been a, it's been a huge help. It's mm-hmm. been really great. Yeah. It was a fantastic yeah. move on the city's yes. part. Yes, yes, yeah, welfare department's yep. part. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, just to loop back to what you talked about, about your, your, you know, your steps to get where you are, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I think that most people, if they don't know someone who is part of a uh, fire department, you, you have this um, sort of like first grade... Halloween idea of what that is that oh it's so fun and the truck and the gear and you don't think about the fact first of all that you would be training other people and so maybe sitting behind a desk or in front of a chalkboard or what have you right um but also that you were part of the air force as a firefighter and I think we forget about that too because again if you don't know anybody who is in a military service you think of those well if you're in the air force then you're flying a plane well the planes have to be worked on and the you know, the food has to be cooked and the whatever's <laughs> have to be, you know, that there are all these other things. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, a great point to remember that it's really not just that one thing. It's not just the um, fire truck and the sirens not, going. Yeah. yeah. And we, yeah. we, over the years, we explain this to children mm. and to adults because adults have Absolutely. the same, same image of us. Uh, they so. also don't, a lot of people don't realize that we are normal people. <laughs> There's this image. <laughs> If, if some, so. It's like a teacher. I'll, right. I'll, I'll use that reference. Yep. Uh, my wife is a, a first grade teacher in Dover, okay. and when her kids see her in public, they're confused. Yep. Oh yeah. Because she's with me or her children shopping I, at the grocery store, they don't 
visualize her in any other form than as a teacher in that yeah. classroom. Right, right. I worked in the children's room at the library for mm -hmm. years and would run into, the, you know, you'd see a kid that you had in story time at the grocery store and their eyes would get enormous and they'd be like, <laughs> who is that person and why is she here? Yes. Yes. You have rock, really teachers have rock star men. Uh, absolutely. As yeah. Status is what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's funny. Um, an adult who was probably in their 60s at the time, who was perfectly reasonable, educated person, said to me when they met, came to my house and saw my dog, oh, what is your dog's name? And when I said a girl's name, they said, oh, oh, that dog's a girl? And I said, that dog's a girl? Like, what would he mean? Oh, right. And, and this person said to me in a perfectly normal way, you know, since I was a kid, I thought that all boys were dogs and all cats were girls. And I thought, <laughs> that's what? not how any of this works. <laughs> but I thought, we all have that little thing. Yeah. We all have those things when you think about a firefighter or a teacher. Maybe we understand it's, now it's that like, they go to the grocery store. It's like, it's, it's like French, uh, was it Le Chien, La Chat, or is it Le Chat? Right. Maybe she's French. Maybe it's, she was really you know, French, the, the French and I didn't the, know it. I appreciate masculine. it if you uh, watch the language while we even, even, <laughs> even if it's in this French. This is a family podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forget that. I didn't even think about that. But I just, I, I kind of like went like this, like, and, and, and what? Yeah, it's, and, it's all uh, optics. It's, it's, it's the yeah, view people have. We, we have a big brick building at the fire department. The doors are usually closed. If they're open and when the weather's nice, you have that image, and that's it. And, and that's we welcome it. anybody to come in and ask us yeah. any questions they want, anytime. We'll show you around, give you a tour. That was kind of the beautiful thing about Fire Prevention Week. Mm. We open our doors a little wider. Yeah. We invite people in more readily. We go out to them and, and see them. Uh, but still, when you bring a fire truck and a bunch of firefighters to a school, yeah. it, adds to, it, it, it adds to the image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've probably told this story already on this podcast several times. So I, to our <laughs> listeners, I apologize. And to Catherine, I apologize because okay. I know she's heard I'm it. Sure but, I'll laugh. but my younger son was totally obsessed with fire trucks and firefighters. And he was a firefighter for Halloween for, oh, probably from like three until six or seven when he realized that firefighting was dangerous that firefighters <laughs> went into burning buildings and it was like a switch was flipped and he was like oh done with that so <laughs> i'm gonna be harry potter now <laughs> yeah exactly. Right, right, right. exactly i don't think I knew oh you hadn't heard oh, that story yeah no 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 that's he was totally yep done with that nope. sounds familiar uh, <laughs> kind of like my my outlook on becoming a police officer <laughs> But it was geared more towards paperwork. Oh, I wasn't okay. looking forward to all the paperwork. So. <laughs> Same thing. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever is more imperiling. Yeah. Yeah. Fire is safer than paperwork. That's I don't right. know. That's an odd I, outlook. I would choose the danger personally <laughs> over the paperwork. Oh, man. Uh, um, speaking of a private, uh, fire prevention mm -hmm. safety week, mm -hmm. I always I feel like I always say that wrong. I, I want to leave out prevention. Um, our children's librarian, Christina, set up a story walk outside. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. that She had a lot of people come to story time, and they said, oh, we're coming to story time, and then we're going over to the firehouse. And I guess there's and some firefighters coming over next week. Oh, good. For, to, the, to the children's room to... Uh, I don't know whether they're gonna. I don't know whether they're just gonna show up in their uniforms or whether they're bringing a truck. But I will warn you that last month, oh. when when it was, um, what is it, Police Appreciation Month, um, several police officers came over. <laughs> 
at, during a story time, and she made them do the hokey pokey. Oh, um, so you, I don't know whether you want to warn nope. your... No, no, no. Not even a little bit. Nope. Um, you might want to show up, though. You might want to yeah. pretend there's a... Yeah, an emergency nearby. And just be in the parking lot to take pictures. I, I caught a few seconds of it, and it was it was priceless. It was, yeah, with all of their you yeah. know their vests and their gear yeah. and their bells and their yeah hoops the shaker with and the, the, yeah. It's great. Yep. Uh, was Nobody great says connection. no to Christina. No. Oh no, she just handed them stuff and said, well, "You're so doing we're going to do the hokey pokey." And they all went, oh, "Okay." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good. No, our our folks are all good sports, so that oh, will not I'm be sure. a problem. I'm sure. Plus, you know, now that we've said that the police officers did it, yeah, you know, yeah, the, the, we know there's a the, little. The glove has been thrown down. It's <laughs> true, indeed. Though there is only one group that holds the current trophy for the wiffle ball tournament. Oh. So that would be the fire department. Um, I don't believe there is a hokey pokey award. So well, I don't know. We could, maybe there should oh, be, oh, there should be. A, a, a special Ooh. shaker, a gold shaker. <gasps> oh. I think I think we have to talk to Christina about so that. Too. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Those see the the that police can, officers didn't get the heads up that there might be a competition. Yeah, yeah. we, we do have a leg up there. We'll have a little yep. advantage. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Would that be the left leg or the right leg? It depends where you're at. And is it in or out? I don't know. We'll never know. Oh, gosh. All right. While while Marie recovers. Thanks a lot, Catherine. Let's talk about about books. Um, Because when we approached you about being on the podcast, you said, yeah, I'm a reader. And we said, great. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about books. Let's. Let's talk about books. Um, So what are you reading? Yeah, what are you reading? Right now, I am reading... Uh, one of Stephen King's newer books called Fairy Tale, and, and it's 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 as good as all of his books. Yeah. Uh, I happen to enjoy the way he writes. Um, mm. He writes to entertain the reader, in my eyes. And yeah. I am a I'm easily entertained. <laughs> let's let's leave it at that. But um, no, I, I I really enjoy his fantasy worlds. Um, it, it's very he's very creative, but mm-hmm. he adds that bit of fear. The darkness, mm. the little darkness, and yeah. I don't know. It it draws a lot of people in, and I'm one of them. So, so is this new one? It's called Fairy Tale. You mm-hmm. said, is it um, is it horror or is it the kind of? So far, I I can't quite tell because yeah. it's it's a good it's, it's got a good length to it, um, and I'm only I don't know 100 pages in. So uh, so far, it's just again he the the good authors build their characters, mm. and he does yeah. so very well. Yeah. So. Uh, I came to him late. I came to him when he was, I think he's, I hate to say he's done with horror. I feel like he's writing more of the other stuff than he is of the horror. Mm. Um, And I really like his newer stuff. Um, And I'm looking forward to reading Fairy Tale. It is good. He's been in, he's gone down both. I I think I started with It back in the day. Yeah. But the thing that really got me into reading his books were the Gunslinger series, oh. which were nowhere near horror stories. They're yeah. very fantasy-like, and but very well done. And he started those in the 70s. Yeah. And then it, it's funny because, I mean, he finished the last one so many years later. And yeah. it just had that series complete. Uh, but that just opened me up to the rest of his genre. And then I got to read these books from 20, 30 years ago, which is just great fun. And they still hold hold their water to this day. Yeah. You know? He's a fun writer. I feel like mm-hmm. people you know, think of him... 
only think of the horror. But even in the horror, I feel like he's a fun I'm not a writer. horror reader, and I have not read any of his other things. I shouldn't say that. I haven't read any of his other books. I've read a bunch of articles that he wrote. Um, there was one that um, he wrote about his son's Little League baseball. Um, uh, they were they were going to um, uh, some sort of what do you call it a a tournament, and and it was so well written about the kids and the competition and baseball and what baseball meant to him. It was just this incredibly and I was like oh my god this is Stephen King yeah. and then <laughs> right. and then I've read a bunch of things that he's written about writing right. which is fascinating mm, yeah which is how he gave yeah. back which was really cool yes yeah yeah, yeah. 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 he uh, as everybody knows lived in Bangor Maine I don't know that he still does there's, I don't know. there's a house there the famous mm-hmm. house with the spider gates and he um, built a huge uh, ball field for them. Yep. Um, Didn't he write a book about baseball with somebody? He did. Uh, 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 the Girl uh, Who Loved Tom Gordon, isn't that baseball? That's it. Yeah. No, I thought oh. he wrote a nonfiction about Nice baseball. recall, by the way. With, I read that with, book and I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> he did. With, with a guy and who was a, the Globe, uh, one of the oh, one of the Boston the Globe. It. It's nonfiction, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll think of it. <laughs> I want to say it's like one word. No, he's yeah. a huge baseball fan. Yeah. My husband yep. swears he saw him at a spring training game in Florida and took pictures, <laughs> and we will never know if it was really him. But he said, I don't know. He was just sitting there, you know, he's in the stadium. I don't know. Kind of. But his foundation is so generous. Uh, even as close as Lebanon, Maine. Oh, really? Received, uh, they were in need of a an EMS response vehicle. This had to be 15, maybe more years ago. Uh, he donated an entire response vehicle for them. In, no in, in that's Lebanon, amazing. Oh, so his, that. And that's just one little example. Yeah. The, 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 his success is just, he spreads it around so yeah. well. And Such an interesting person. Yeah. I feel like the book that he wrote about writing, on writing, is, yes. is a big favorite of yeah. mine. Um, just the thing, you know, he's so uh, self-deprecating, I mm. feel like. Yeah, in one one article that I read, he called himself a sausage writer, where you just kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's not any, it's not, it's not, you know, oh, oat cuisine, that. it's just sausage. Yeah. <laughs> he is very entertaining, and I can see you mentioned, um, you and I exchanged a couple emails about what you like to read, and you mentioned Stephen R. Donaldson, and oh, yes. as soon as I saw the size of it, I thought, oh. Okay, I see. He's going to be a Stephen King reader. (laughs) I've got to be honest. My favorite story is one that is six, seven hundred pages or more. So I love to get into a story and just be able to stay there for as long as possible. Just sink in. And Mr. Donaldson did that for me very well. His his original Thomas Covenant series, ten books long. Again, started in the seventies, ended in mid twenty tens somewhere, thirteen I think, and. Just to be able to, I, I can't wait to read it again. I'm, uh, it'll be like a whole new thing <laughs> when I start over again. <laughs> Is that yeah, so fun. one of the great mm-hmm. things about one of the things that I really enjoy about fantasy? And I have not read that series, but I but I do read fantasy. Is the world building that it, that 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 mm. he, there's this that an author has this idea and creates this whole coherent world mm. and 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 you get to play in it you get to live in it <laughs> through them it's really exciting it is Stephen <laughs> King does that and Stephen R. Donaldson does that as well yeah. very the depth that they're able to yeah. grab onto the, the 
their imaginations are amazing, the depth that they're able to go to. Yeah. For sure. And that's what draws you into these stories is they build the world and then they tell you a whole bunch of stories in there. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It keeps you there. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the first Thomas Covenant because neither of us have read it. We, <laughs> Catherine got it out and she was like, uh, I'm not going to get this read before the podcast. <laughs> no. And, it's, uh, and he writes, he's a, you can tell by uh, when you read him that he's a very intellectual being. So mm-hmm. He's a very smart man. It was tough at first. And I started these probably over 20 years ago. So um, I have very little recall. But it is, a, it is a fantasy type story, and it's about a gentleman who's, who becomes sick with leprosy. So that okay. dates the book. Right. Um, and somehow he's transformed into this other fantasy world. And, oh. And where, when he's there, he's able to be healed, and he becomes this. So it starts in our world. It does. Okay. And he okay. becomes this prodigy in this other world, or not the prodigy is not the word. It's like a... A superhero uh, kind of thing. Yeah, it's a written in the stars type of thing where he, oh. he was arriving and it was a prophecy. A prophecy. It was prophesized yeah. his yeah. arrival and all of that. And oh. just a regular old dude uh, with all these regular old issues. He bag he carries with him like baggage, um, <laughs> and um, he carries it through. And there's all these very strange things that happen in this other place. Uh-huh. All these hmm. different creatures and beings. It's just it's just a big good against evil battle. Um, that most fantasy is it, it is yeah and it's yeah. portrayed out through so many books and so it just goes so deep and I enjoyed every one of them I, mm. I read them all of the ones that existed and I, I, I was lucky because most of them had been created when I started right that's so great yeah all of those to read yeah. and then I only had to wait for a couple more were created, <laughs> I, but I was so happy that there were more being created, you know, right, at the time. Right. So, and they just kept coming, and I was like, "Woo!" And Catherine like, and I were talking about something a similar situation. Um, uh, uh, this was I don't know a month or so ago, um, with the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the we read the first one. We both of us read the first one, and then when the second one came out, we read the first one, and then read the second one, and then when the third one came out, we read the first one and the second one and the third one, <laughs> and we did that all the way through while you're because you have to you know you have to have it all fresh because there's all those details that that fit in together from book to yeah. book and yeah so mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of fun when you can when you have the luxury of not doing mm. that but then when you do do that you have it so firmly in your mind that yeah. that yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't have to stop and think about who anyone is or where they are right or what's, right you don't yeah. have to refer yeah. back to anything yeah right harry potter boy i've read parts of every book multiple times having three daughters of different oh, ages oh right so we've read with them they've read As some they, of it right and three right. three rounds I have a 21-year-old down to a nine-year-old. So, oh my gosh! So it's over yep. the span of all these years. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's it's great. Uh, just such a such an easy read. Mm. They it are easy reads. Sucks yeah. right in, and you can't put it. Yeah, yep. Even as silly as some of it is, it's, you know, originally written for childhood age. Yep. Developed into something so well dark as he that, as he <laughs> grew up. Yeah, yeah you know that's she, yeah. It was neat how she followed the yes, the readers. The, and, yep. Yeah, and the audio books are amazing. Oh, the audio books are amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, uh, oh shoot, what's his Jim name? Jim Dale. Jim Dale, and you would swear that it's some a whole bunch of different people narrating it. it That's amazing. Yeah. It's talent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sadly, of course, uh, the man who played um, Hagrid died this week. Robert no, yeah. he did? 
Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. I'm sorry. Oh. I thought you would have seen oh, that. No, oh, no, I didn't. Bummer. I know. Oh. I, I should have known when I saw my daughter get off the school bus and saw oh. her face. Oh. And I said, I thought something terrible had happened at school. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> something terrible she, did happen. It did. Her, <laughs> yeah, what was terrible is her oh. teacher told her. And oh. it just came up in conversation. And then, oh, oh. they were like, what? And oh. she said, oh. And it, it, these kids... Again, they idolize these characters. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, um, and of course I can't think of his name at the second, but the guy who played um, Snape mm-hmm. died. Oh. oh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. devastating. Not just of because any... of Snape, because he's such a brilliant actor. Well, and right. that voice. So I guess Snape, I mean, I mean, die hard. Die hard. Die hard. Yeah, that's true. He was a die hard. I'd forgotten <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> think of that character's name but that, you know you feel like you know this person because you know you can't you do you do yeah. know this person again you know like you were talking about Stephen King and um, yeah. Stephen R. Donaldson it's this whole world that you yeah when you love those books you you live in that world you do it's yeah. wonderful now there's another series that you mentioned that that he writes Stephen R. Donaldson yes the great God's War series it's it's, and I'm in a lucky place because there's one coming out in November. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah, it's, uh, I've read the first two, and again, he developed this world, more of a kings and queens type of world. Okay. But there's this magic element to it, and it's just amazing how you can take the, and I don't want to say the same old story, but it's s- soldiers and knights and queens and princesses and, and magicians, but he, his take on it, is just so different, and he incorporated um, one of the one of these kingdoms had developed rifles. Oh, and so that was the it was portrayed. That's out interesting. So well. But it's yeah. a heavy, heavy, heavy incidents on magic in this story. Uh, okay, but he is just the way he writes these stories. They're so deep, and the characters are so you you know these characters. Um, mm. After the first book, you you feel like you know them personally, yeah. and he carries it through. And now there's I believe this will be the last. Of, I think it's a three book series. A, a trilogy. We'll okay. And none yeah. of these have been made into shows. Is that nope. right? I don't know. Which is kind of interesting. It is kind it's of sound, interesting. It really sounds yeah. like something that would I'm be. sure he's sitting at home wondering <coughs> why this is occurring as well. Nobody's calling me. Right. They're all, this one here would not surprise me. In a heartbeat, you could long-term, long-term series or movie events. Yeah. This could, um, I know, uh, speaking of that, it's funny to watch Stephen King's writing he it, it to me it looked like it started to become easier to make movies out of his writing. He was able to write oh. more visually. I think well, that's it, interesting. Over the years, that's interesting. I read, I believe it was Dreamcatcher, and when I read Dreamcatcher, I said, "This plays in my mind like a movie." As mm. you read, it. and then it became a movie almost it immediately. Was, yeah. Was, yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's just very. He's brilliant. Yeah. Just, yeah, I love it. Yeah, but I can't wait for November. Uh, That's exciting. I have it queued up. <laughs> Most of my books are on my on my Kindle device. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. I I did a count. I I I have a I I've at least read a couple hundred books. Um, That's you know over the since the Kindle came out. So, <laughs> and I've, Very unfortunately long. or fortunately, hundred and fifty of those are Star Trek books. So <laughs> um, that's my weakness. Um, okay. Oh, talking okay. about the same story over and over and over again, good versus evil, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am addicted wholly to the Star Trek world. Um, I literally have 142 emails now, oh, from Star, shoot. Star Trek world on my phone. <laughs> my and I know I read some paper books. So. And we I just, feel like there are a million storylines. Oh, there, there, there are. are. And, and, and yeah. Um, so, okay. 
my we wrote we recently gonna back up a little bit um my older son is on the autism spectrum and lives at home Mm -hmm. um and we recently went out to visit family in albuquerque and we drive and on the way out he started to play uh, um an audio book called starship mage may something like that by glenn stewart um and it was kind of a weird, cool um, blending of magic, slightly fantasy, and science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, science fiction is not my favorite genre because I, I'm like, just don't tell me how it works. You know, I'll, I can suspend disbelief. I don't need to know how the ship is powered. Right. Just, just it's working. <laughs> and start and science fiction does have a tendency to want to tell you how it how how it functions, yeah. um, but. <clears throat> this was really, really interesting, and, and we were talking about it at one point, and he mentioned a book. It's got red shirts in the title, and it's about, do you know this? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's t- it's about um, the guys who wear the red shirts on Star Trek who <laughs> always die in the yes. show, and how they kind of, like, revolt. <laughs> remember who wrote it i can't remember the exact title hilarious. i can't fun. remember anything but it sounded really really fun yeah, they have t-shirts yeah funny t-shirts about the red the old red shirts yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, the the disposable this, characters who die on the planet always, yeah. gold, gold blue and and then there were the red shirts, shirts that were yeah. on the away mission they called it yeah they didn't come back <laughs> was only away mission. Did, have you yeah. ever seen have you ever watched the movie galaxy quest Yes, and oh, with, I love that movie. That's a that's one. Ago, yeah. That's one, and and the one character is like, "I'm gonna die. I'm just the character that goes down to the surface <laughs> to die." It's really funny. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> that's one that we watch periodically <laughs> in my house. <laughs> that, that's worth a. Re- I haven't seen that in a. Oh long my time. gosh, it's a, I remember really thinking like, "Oh, this is gonna be." Yeah, but but it, it was, was really fun. fun. Yeah, 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 it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So what would you recommend? Alan Rickman was in that. I yes, he was. Oh. Right. Just he was. Jump back yes. again. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah he go. played nice he played the the Spock type character, the yeah. alien. And kind of not. <clears throat> am I recalling not a nice person or no? No, he was he, he was, was he was. I think oh, okay. he was playing himself no, to a large was, extent. <laughs> uh, what's his face? That was kind of a jerk, wasn't it? Tim. Uh, Allen Tim Allen. Yeah, oh. the captain. Yeah, yeah, the captain. Okay. Yeah, yep. Now I remember. <laughs> now we remember. You were going to ask Dennis something. Oh, I was yes. going to ask, what would you recommend to... Okay, so fantasy, you have daughters. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, that my son and I talk about a lot, is that a lot of fantasy, there's not a lot of fantasy that features women. So what would you, what fantasy would you recommend for your daughters? Ooh. So, <laughs> Sorry, putting you on the spot. No, it's about great. This one. It's great. Um, the... The problem is, um, it's not a problem. Uh, like as a child, I was not a reader, so I kind of had asked me that question. Okay. Previous to this interview, and it's something I developed as an adult, and uh, it actually I, I remember I remember when it happened. But um, so my ch- children are much like me; they don't oh. read for fun. Okay. I don't have any any of my daughters. They oh. don't read for fun. Oh. We encourage reading yeah especially with when they're younger yeah we 
kind of force them to <laughs> every night. You, you like right now, my, it's my wife. She does it. She's a teacher. It's not me. Right, right. Yeah. But she, no, it's not you. She, you get your reading time, and then we'll read to you. That's how we, oh. she's always done it, and okay. I followed suit and did what I was supposed to do. Did my part. Um, but, um, I read what I needed to read in high school to get through, and I did enjoy those those times. I remember many of the books. Um, Watership Down being one oh, of Oh, that them. was a fantastic Just book. Certain books affect you. You remember yeah. them, and they, they, they suck you in. Um, so my daughters now, they're, they're not interested. I have my 19-year-old daughter, Lilia, would probably be the biggest reader right okay. now. She's in college. Right. She has some books on my Kindle that I saw. Like, uh-huh. um, <laughs> I don't think any of them would be interested in, in the world, except my oldest daughter is a kind of a Marvel kid. Oh, okay. Slash. Okay. And that's world building. <clears throat> yeah, it's it like is. Kind of the that, same thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, it is. It's absolutely. absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would recommend Star Trek to anybody. You have to give it a try. Um, because it's, since its inception, I don't know when that was. It was a long time ago. It was in the 60s, Captain early cir- mm-hmm. 60s, 60s, wasn't it? Since its inception, it has had the right message for the world. It's true. Since day one, and it hasn't faltered Hmm. once in its whole lifelong existence. (laughs) It's an inclusion. It's it's doing the right thing, no matter the cost, and it's amazing, and they just keep... All these different authors tell the same... Tell these Star Trek stories, and somehow they all know not to do anything wrong because it messes up the universe, and it's amazing just that they're able to all write these stories, and they're, for the most part fun reads yeah that's really interesting that you said that because i I i'm a side i don't know that's a a side watcher a side i don't know what you (laughs) want to call it like i watched the original ones as a kid in reruns Mm -hmm. yeah my brother and have watched some of the newer shows um i don't have a a huge interest in those sort of like the 90s movies or those shows i think but the new ones i'm enjoying and the newest one which of course i can't think of the name of is um the guy who um preceded Kirk um, and Captain the ca- Pike Captain yes, Pike yes. Captain oh. James Pike and the guy who plays him is Anson Mount who's terrific and um, his first lieutenant is a woman who's played by Rebecca Romaine mm-hmm. um, and she and one of the other people on the ship are you watching the show have you watched I it I have yes so in she, between seasons okay right now. so <laughs> she and one of the other um, people on the ship who have come from some race of people that do some sort of genetic modification and the the federation is like oh no you can't be amongst us because Uh your people believe in this and i think it was one of the first times that i thought oh wait (laughs) there's a message here i i see this i get it (laughs) because to me before it was just the little furry triple things and the weird yeah but i mean the, even the even I the, really ca- think even about the cast even the the you know you had you had um james t kirk you had you had the uh, you had spock who was an alien you had uhura who was a black woman mm. um i uh, uh, can't remember george takai's and name she's and the russian guy sulu, sulu. sorry is a- <laughs> i can at least remember the actor's yes. name that's pretty that's pretty good <laughs> The character of Uhuru is introduced <coughs> in this show okay. as a young person who has this facility with languages. And I thought, oh, wait, I know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I, I, it's funny to me that as an adult, it took me all this time of just sort of watching this on the fringes. I guess I would say I'm a fringe Star Trek person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when they did the reboot of the movies, I went to see all of those and enjoyed them tremendously and thought they were well done, but I just didn't really make that connection. So that's, yeah. I'm glad you, you, you made that. <laughs> and it's true. I feel like there's a little bit of something in there for everybody. There is. And they, there they're is. just trailblazers yeah. since yeah. the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was not easy for them to do, to put a no, black it woman in a lead role. No, and they it did was it. not. And the kiss. It, yep. Yep. Oh, it happened. Kirk, Kirk and Uhura kiss. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Must have missed that episode. (laughs) (laughs) He kissed everybody. He's so special. (laughs) He did. (laughs) There were some alien germs floating around that ship. Oh, boy. (laughs) James T. Kirk, you sly dog. (laughs) Amazing there wasn't a pandemic. (laughs) It is fun to once in a while catch the... (laughs) And who who knows with all those different worlds what the pandemic could be. it is really funny to once in a while catch an old episode of that show, and he's just, they're so young. Yeah. And the, the things are so Some hokey. of the acting is so bad. I know, but and, it's and, so and, fun. Uh, yeah, and, and you can just tell that when the door's open, there's somebody behind them pulling, <laughs> <laughs> you know, pulling them open. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, though, when you think about how little they had of <clears throat> technology. They had none of the yeah. technology we have yeah. now, and yet they made all those things and made it look, you know, yeah, like what they wanted it to look like. Yep. And they're just That's getting funny. better at it. The yeah, they really shows. are. As yeah. the more the more sophisticated it gets. In twenty yeah. years we'll laugh at these shows. <laughs> oh, well well <laughs> Can you, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> my sons laugh at me all the time when I talk about how at the time Star Wars was such a, a, a an innovative special effects. Mm-hmm. They're like that was innovative. Like, yeah, at the, the time, work, the it work that went into it, they literally built models. I know. They don't have to do that anymore. They, yeah. they program yeah, exactly. it in. Exactly. So, yeah. Which is still a tr- tremendous skill and artwork. Right, but, but uh, yeah. It's yep. a little, probably less time. <laughs> and the, the, the beautiful thing about the people that love these worlds, these Star Trek worlds or Star Wars worlds, whatever it is, they, they watch the TV shows and then, well, that's it. Well, it's not it because it's there's not. a whole nother world in books because mm-hmm. these stories have been written and then when they run out of ideas and for this world or they kill too many people off, they say, <laughs> this, is, this is the alternate universe with all the same people, but they're a little different, you know, and then they start writing <laughs> or, books on all of these. It's, it's just, an, it's almost an endless supply of entertainment. It's, it's really interesting um, because it's, so I read fan fiction. I, I read Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I'll, I, I, I admit freely to that <laughs> little dark, Maria, dirty stuff. This, is the, this is the first fiction. step. <laughs> this is the first step. You've done it. But, <laughs> but all those, really, all of those Star Trek books, which started almost immediately after the shows ended, are fan fiction. They really are. I mean, that's really how it started. It's just that there wasn't, there wasn't, a, there wasn't the web. Um, there wasn't internet. You could, you couldn't just do a fan fiction site. Mm. You know, it they, and I don't know how that developed that that people got them published or, or what. But there was such a demand that mm. that and they'll you know, write episodes, uh, write a book based on an episode. Yeah, and they'll yeah. build the ba- the. The whole story, the out backstory, for you. and because you know, yeah. you, you you can only put so much on a screenplay. Mm. You can't for put, a half an hour show, right. or an hour show. I can't remember. You can't yeah. build things up. You can't tell what people are thinking in the process. You right, can't, you can't right. do all that. So that's why books are so much better than yeah. television. Mm. We True. had this. We had this conversation. We, we had this conversation in a previous podcast whether the book or the or the movie was better and, and we were split yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends on what it is depends yeah. on what it is yeah it does sometimes you want just that to 
you're, you feel like you're more in that world when you see it on the screen. Yeah. And mm. it's just yeah. amazing what yeah. they can do. It yeah. really is. That is a tough one, yeah. So um, before we wrap this up, I do want to mention um, that you said that you're watching a show called Ghost Adventures. Oh, God, I Which stop. I pulled up. I thought, oh, I don't know what that is. And I pulled it up, and I felt like, oh. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't blink. It's a it's a reality show. It is. It's it's they're literally it's like the ghost hunters. That's what most people know. Yeah. But these folks have been doing this for a long, long time. I'm I'm watching season twenty four. Oh wow. And there are ten to twelve episodes per season. Right. Because this is what they do for a living. They go around mostly the United States and they investigate these hauntings. Yeah. And the evidence that they are able to extract is it's amazing they have the science behind it with all this stuff that they do and unless they're amazing at uh faking it <laughs> which i just don't think they could fake it with this many people yeah uh, it's, it's just remarkable and well, i can't stop watching i could see why i i really felt like i was a little bit transfixed it was something about they were on a bridge i just you know i googled it and it pulled mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. Google pulled up little clips for me, and so I thought, well, I'll just watch a little clip. And, uh, oh God, <laughs> Ten hours were, later. They were, yeah, they were on a bridge in the, in the dark, and they're all, I don't know, they're all freaking out because one guy gets knocked off of his feet and blown like 20 feet back. And Oh, I see. Yes, I remember. His yeah. flashlight goes somewhere, and his camera goes somewhere, and I thought, of course, it's in the dark, and they've right. got their little headlamps or whatever, and I thought, what is happening? This is... I love it. I love it. Um, but I thought it was a funny coincidence because we are we have had a couple of people come into our building and they've come into the um, the annex, the annex as well. Yep. Who are they call themselves spirit chasers? Yes, yes. spirit chasers. Yep. And they the night that they came to the library, I <laughs> happened to be there with another staff member, and it was fascinating. And I thought, whatever you believe about whether ghosts or, or spirits or whatever are exist or are real, it was fascinating listening to them. And some of the stuff that they When they came and did the report, it was I mean, very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Right. Yeah. It yeah. Is. It's, hard to, it's hard not to watch. It's hard not to watch. And I, I thought, you know, again, however you feel about it, are they faking it? Are they not? How could they be? How could they fake this? I don't know. They're on a bridge in the middle of the night. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's there. There's enough evidence. It's dark. They can fake a lot. No, I'm just. <laughs> they always turn lights on. Yeah, it's well, all night vision gotta, cameras. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I thought about when the spirit chasers were at the library, and um, the woman who sort of heads them, um, who's this tiny little petite, very well educated, very well spoken woman, and she was talking about you know the idea that energy doesn't dissipate. That why yeah. wouldn't there be some sort of presence or um, this energy just takes different shapes. And I thought, well, when you put it like that, it sounds perfectly <laughs> plausible. Yeah. Or memories of that energy. Right, or, right. Yeah, yeah. She, but, she talked about imprints. With, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, believing imprints. Yeah. And it was, it was just it was, fascinating. It was and fascinating. they were so thrilled, of course, because we have three sections of our building, and the oldest section is a, over 100 years old. And so yeah. I think they were like, ooh, it's... It's beautiful in here and it's cool. And of course, they made us turn off the lights. <laughs> um, so that you got to have the lights off. <laughs> um, but that was sort of a fun, um, a fun thing all on its own mm-hmm. to be yep. in the building like that with very little lights on and, you know, chasing spirits. <laughs> so 
Anyway, that made a nice connection. It did. Yeah. I, yeah. I will watch on television. I don't want to be involved in the process. So. <laughs> well, Catherine was telling me that when they were close, go ahead, tell. Oh. That was really. So we, if you've been in the building, you know that we have different lighting. We have this like LED lighting that's very, very energy efficient, which is great. And some of it's on timers and some of it we turn on and off. And um, they had asked us to turn off as many lights as we could because, of course, it's bright enough to land a plane in there during the day. You know, it's very bright. They're bright <laughs> lights, as they should be. Um, so they had asked us to turn off most of the lights. And so they finished up, and Abby and I walked down. And it's a three-story building, so we walked them down to the ground floor, and they all leave. And I said to Abby, okay, we need to, because <laughs> now we're both like, now we're kind of freaked out. We need to make a, you know, make a plan of how we're going to go through and close down the building and make sure doors are locked and shut off lights so that we're not like, at the back of the building <laughs> in the dark <laughs> and have to walk. So we make a plan and we start shutting down and working our way out. And as we go from the first floor, which is the middle floor, up to the second floor, there's a stairwell in the front that's very beautiful with big windows. And the spirit chasers had mentioned that they sensed a presence there, a man named, they thought, who was named Jonathan, who was kind of hanging out on the stairwell. And that he seemed benevolent, but that he just was sort of hanging out and so as we started up those stairs, we had, there were lights on in an office, um, then we were going to go turn those off. And so we started up the stairs and kind of jokingly, but not in a mean way, I said, good night, Jonathan. And all the lights went out. <laughs> we, both, we didn't scream, but we both like grabbed each other, both arms. <laughs> you can bet that we got out of that building so fast. <laughs> But we both were like, was that on the timer? I don't know. What happened? Could that have been Jonathan? I don't know. It must have been. <laughs> when I come in in the morning, I always say hello to Jonathan. I thought if he's, if he's, I just, when she, she described him, and of course, Lynn has this wonderful way of describing things. She could be a writer. Um, an older gentleman in a nice suit with a hat, you know, probably make me, you know, I'm picturing him maybe from the 40s by judging by his. So, of course, you know, I'm yeah. a reader. I picture, oh, okay, there he is, hanging out, you know, mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette, maybe, hopefully not. No smoking in the building. <laughs> you know, those things come to right. mind. But anyway, it was it was a hoot. But yeah, definitely. Um, maybe I could go be on that show. <laughs> No bridges in the middle of the night, though. No, thank you. No. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, Dennis, thank you very much for coming and talking to us. It's been my absolute pleasure. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. We wanted to. Oh, we wanted. Yeah. Most important thing. Oh, my God. We want you to make it. We want you to make a pitch about um, about smoke detectors and Mm. carbon monoxide detectors before we go. Sorry. (laughs) I know you got to go, but. How much time do we have? That's up to you. you That's up to you. All right. uh, I've got notes. Okay. Oh, good. Fire away. All right. First of all, the the message uh, from the National Fire Protection Association this year was fire won't wait, plan your escape. So every year we like to have a direct message to give to families and to folks out there. Uh, uh, The best way you can do this um, is to have two ways out of every space. So if one of your ways out is blocked off by smoke or fire, fire you have, another. you have another way out usually that way is another door or a window um, and because of that it's a good thing to do to make sure all your doors and windows are operable mm. so a lot of our windows over time don't yep. work very well so just taking the time to see if they operate and if it's not a possibility 
to fix those windows. It's nice to know that that's not an option. Mm. Okay? Um, and then the best thing you can do is then to seclude yourself from any fire event if you cannot escape the building. Best thing to do is just stay yeah. low, crawl out under smoke. Don't ever be afraid to crawl under smoke uh, unless it is, it is hurting you physically. Um, and then a closed door can slow the spread of fire and smoke amazingly. And that is another message we give to people. If it's possible for you to close your door when you go to bed at night, it yeah. can make a world of difference. I remember that from yes. something that the fire department did for a staff development day at the yes. library. Yeah. Um, and I thought, ooh, wait, I do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, we tell teachers That's to this good... day that when, when there's a, an alarm, they try to try to remember to close your door when you leave. Now those buildings are the safest you can ever be in. They're made of brick and mortar. Yeah. They have sprinkler systems and fire alarm systems. So um, they're they're just the safest places you could put your kids. So which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the the other thing we want to tell people when they're if they're escaping a fire is to make sure your family knows where to go. They yeah. have a place to meet, um, usually out front of a building, and that's vitally important because we want to make sure everybody's accounted for. Mm. And as soon as the firefighters know everybody's accounted for, we we can relax a little bit, focus on the fire. We always search, no matter what, even if you tell us everybody's there. Oh. So that's just something we do because when people are distraught, sometimes they forget. Yep. Um, we just don't take any chances in the fire department. Plus, sometimes people forget about their pets. We, we do find pets. Um, one of our recent fires um, in our primary search, we found uh, a dog that had been home alone during the fire oh. and um, subsequently may or may not have been an arsonist we're not sure he oh. may have inadvertently started the fire oops but, <laughs> that will now was that know. dog a boy or a girl uh, <laughs> a boy of course <laughs> good one of course of course so um, we, we do, firefighters are there for people, but also um, for people's friends. So That's good to know. Pets. Yeah. yeah, they're all part of know. our families. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing is the most important, and always has been and always will be, the most important way to escape a fire is to have working smoke alarms. Mm. Um, we talk about this over and over again. And it's, you first of all, you must have them. That's number mm. one, because there are many homes in our area that do not even have smoke alarms. Uh, and the other the other portion of that is they they need to work. So um, oh. you, just oh. because you see a oh. smoke detector on the on the ceiling or on high up on the wall, it doesn't mean it works. Uh, so that is terribly important. Mm. Um, they need to be tested. And as soon as you're in a position where maybe sensitive people are not around, pets are outside, uh, you just give every smoke detector has a test button. Test them at least every six months that's that's when we, we say if your battery if you have batteries and your smoke detectors um, when you change your batteries um, with the solstices uh, in the spring and in the fall if that's your plan um, then you test them at that time and, and at least uh, and then people should be testing them quite regularly mm. um, and we understand it's not that easy because they're very disruptive and they scare animals yeah. and they scare kids and and all that but um, and then when it comes to placement of smoke detectors, um, there is a best case scenario, and we spout the best case scenario. Now these these are not always easy to accomplish, is to getting these things out where they should be. They're they can be expensive, and um, they also can be uh, 
if you want to power them with electricity, that's just not something you do in the existing structure very easily. Mm. Um, that's why we have battery available. Uh, so the best case scenario is to have a smoke detector in every bedroom and then in the area outside of the sleeping area. So in the area outside of the bedrooms, usually that's the same one lo local area. Um, and on top of that, we want to have one on every level of the building. So what that gives you is a layered effect. Um, I may have one outside of a, of a bedroom area, but that also counts for one on that level of the building. Right. Um, and right. if you get the message, the most important time to have a working smoke detector is when you're sleeping, yep. or mm -hmm. when anybody's sleeping, uh, because <clears throat> fire doesn't wake you up, smoke doesn't wake you up. It's the sound of the smoke alarm that wakes you up, hopefully. And uh, having them outside your bedrooms gives you earlier warning and then inside the bedrooms, yeah. if that one fails, inside the bedrooms, okay. we're going to give you that yeah. warning. Uh, and smoke detectors go off uh, usually before a fire is in danger of, of hurting you. So that's our plan is to have early warning of fires. Um, statistically, uh, in the United States, three out of five people that die in a fire in this country there they had no working smoke detectors Ooh, in their house geez. and uh or they or they didn't have them at all uh the other part of that though is that other two most of those people had a hand in starting the fire whether they were inebriated or oh. um, arsonist that got oh. caught in the fire things like that so as negative as that is the bad thing the positive effect of that is if you have working smoke detectors, you're almost, it's almost impossible for you to die in a fire. That's why we push them so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can wrap your head around that, yeah. um, just having those detectors almost guarantees you warning uh, of a fire and being able to escape it and get your family out. Um, and then um, I must talk about carbon monoxide really quick. So uh, yeah. carbon monoxide is a, a another detector that has become prevalent uh, because it is carbon monoxide is known as a silent killer. So uh, it's known as a silent killer because in, an, in and of itself, it is odorless, tasteless, colorless. You, you do not know it's there. Sometimes things happen just so with the burning process, and this is of oil or gas or something like that. In the burning process, things can go awry. And if something is not burned completely, carbon monoxide is a result and it can kill you and it can make you also make you very sick if it doesn't kill you so and it can sit there and build all night and you can you can die in your sleep and that's that's a terrible thing it happens um it happened a lot more in the past before mm. carbon monoxide detectors became a thing so um recommendation is to have a carbon monoxide detector on every floor of your building that includes the basement same with smoke basement is included uh and again with a layering effect if you can get a combination carbon monoxide smoke detector, that can take the place of each uh, each detector on every floor that we have. If you have a, car a combination detector on every floor, that covers two aspects. So that's that's the savings. They're a little more expensive, um, but usually not as expensive as two separate. Right. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I do have a couple more safety messages. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about closing your door while sleeping. That yes. is huge. Um, they have done studies and tested this. You can have a completely burned out room. You open a door that was closed 
it looks like there was not a fire in this building. Oh, That's how wow. much a closed door can have huh. an effect uh, on somebody. Now, you may still get smoke inhalation. You may still um, have effects. But the heat of the fire, if that infiltrates a space where a human being is, the chance of survival is it, without fire department's intervention is almost none. So huh. um, fires burn very hot. Uh, let's see. Cigarettes. Oh. Disposal of cigarettes causes many fires in our area. And uh, it's there aren't as many. Uh, I just, my cigarette fell on the couch and started the fire. It's usually we're disposing of them pro- improperly. And a lot of times we're disposing of them in something other than a metal can. A lot of people dispose of cigarettes in an entryway, which if it's an entryway, it's also our egress, our way of getting out oh. of a building in a, in, a, in a fast manner. We call that our egress. So um, we, if you're going, we're not going to change human nature. Humans are going to <laughs> step outside, have a smoke, go inside, or they're going to put out the cigarette before they go in. Mm-hmm. We don't put cigarettes out in planters <coughs> because as, as plants die, they dry out, they become... Uh, every tinder every basically. year we have small f- fires in our mulch mm-hmm. outside the library right next to the book drop right next to the book drop Where people flick their cigarettes yep. it yep. is almost 100 yep. percent cigarettes yep. cause those yep uh, and and the problem is it's not the little butt can fire that we have right it's the fire that is created from that butt can and then it blocks your regress out yeah. and people die all the time because of cigarette disposal yes. So um, I hope whoever hears this message can make some adjustments. Um, And that brings us to a new topic, which um, is getting headlines in larger cities where they have larger numbers of events. Um, The world is being introduced to e-scooters and e-bikes, and they are powered by uh, lithium-ion batteries. These devices are amazing. People are using them for their main means of transportation, especially in congested areas. This is why places like New York City are having a huge problem. They lost, they they had four people die from fires caused by these. Wow. And last year, and I believe five so far this year. So they're working on legislation now. Well, we should take our lessons from the larger cities um, and get ahead of these things. So the problem is when you're charging these devices, they sometimes the batteries can fail. I don't understand the science of what happens but it is like a fireworks show. And these things just take off and they spew fire and all kinds of terrible things and they spread to your, to your building. Um, one of the other aspects is that a lot of people don't have a lot of storage space for said devices and they charge them in their stairwells or their egress points again. Oh my God, yep. And, then, oh. and if you look at a multiple, multiple family type of situation where you're in an apartment building, mm. They don't have a garage for you yeah. or an outside covered right. area for you to charge these things. So um, they end up in the common areas, which is people's egress out of the building. Right. Yeah. So this is why folks are, are passing away in larger cities because um, the where you have multiple families, uh, they're, they're having fires start in the egresses. Mm. And so, then the item themse- the, itself is blocking, not just the fire, but the item is blocking the... Right. And the, you can't yeah. walk by one of these that's on fire. Right. It's spewing sparks oh, and flames geez. in all directions. It's ter- you can see videos <clears throat> online if you don't believe me. Um, they're there. And um, the other thing I would recommend is to follow the manufacturer's recommendation on charging. If it says don't charge any more than 24 hours, there's a reason for that. It's you, So the problem is you want to charge it up and have it ready for the next morning. 
well, I would recommend not going to bed with it still plugged in. Find a way to charge it uh, in a safe way when you're awake, and it shouldn't take too, too long for these to charge. Uh, and then unplug it before you go to bed. That's our recommendation. That's a good, I, I didn't yeah. know about that. It's, I know I well, heard there, about the phone. Weren't those, was phone. Was, wasn't there a problem with the scooters, the little, um, not the, the hoverboards a few oh, years it's ago? It's the same thing. <clears throat> so it's the right. same type of technology, right. same type of charging, all of that. Um, and it's hoverboards are, you kind of stuck them in the garage or whatever. Um, now they're just becoming more prevalent and they're used and, you know, they'll drive, people will drive these things until they're almost dead and then you charge a lithium battery from, from dead to, to full like that. You're inputting a lot of energy. Right, right. So, and, and a lot of these devices are coming from other countries that don't have the same safety protocols, safety standards that we have in the United States and, and other countries have. So, and even if the unit comes from some place like that, the battery may not have. You don't know where all these parts are coming from. Right. So we just have to be be vigilant um, as we move forward. We don't want to lose any life due to no. a, a scooter. A yeah. battery. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. yeah. And my, my final message is please do not ever hesitate to call the fire department for help or the police department or an ambulance. In, in essence, 911 is there for people to use it, and we find a lot of people are afraid to use it because they don't think what they have is an emergency. Mm. Uh, if you don't know aren't quite sure if you have an emergency or not you probably do and we want <laughs> we want to hear from you we're here to respond and help people and we can't do that without a call again if you see something you think may be an emergency you can call 911 at any time as well and we'll check it out uh, you don't have to leave your name if you don't want to just call us let us know and we'd rather go find nothing mm. and and have looked than yep. to have uh, something occur when nobody calls us because that still happens to this day. Right. Fires Oops. will burn and people assume that other people called. Uh, uh, which we had, must be a terrible feeling. It's, it's, it's awful. I, I watched security footage from a fire up on Rochester Hill Road uh, of a, a hotel, motel-style building. And there were there was a, obviously a fire. Uh, somebody ran out of their building, smoke came out, left the door open because they were running out of the fire. And the, the security camera captured it all. And the first person they called was nine minutes later. And there were people watching. <gasps> oh. And some, somebody was driving by, pulled in, and took the time. If that was you, you would say, oh, somebody else must have already called. They yeah. must be on their way, right? Yeah. No, they, they, they called nine minutes in. And then we have dispatch delay. We have right. to get into our gear. We have to go get in the trucks. We have to drive to the scene. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, 15 minutes in. Fire, they say, doubles in size every minute. Oh, my God. So that small fire ended up with that building being torn down. So oh. if somebody had called within the first minute or two, That's you, really we, may, we may have been able to save something there. Yeah. You know, we ha would have had a better chance to save lives. Um, luckily, everybody was able to get out of that yeah. fire. So. Yeah. That's good to know. I it mean, is. We, is. we call, not all the time, but we call it a decent clip. We yeah, call we, about things that either happen in, you know, around our building or in our building. And yeah. and a couple times we've heard things happening on the street and we've called and they said, oh, somebody already called. And we yeah, think, okay, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, one time you and I were yeah. calling the police calling on the, the same, same incident time. from different offices. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I'm already on the phone. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's okay. all valued. And maybe, right. maybe they need some more information. Maybe you can provide additional information yeah. that they didn't yeah. get from another caller. Some people call and hang up. And, oh. and that's all they get. So 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's always, it, it, nobody gets in trouble for dialing 911 unless it's malicious. If right. you're calling right. to be malicious, just to yeah. be a pain or to, to cause right. trouble, then eventually you'll, you'll be called called for it, called yeah. up for it. But other than that, it's it's fine. I've dialed 911 mowing the lawn three times personally. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, I tried boy. turning the volume down on my phone and I did the oh, emergency no. alert. So it's good to know that works. So... It happens all the time. Uh, it's understood that mistakes happen. So. Yeah. But you know, that's a good kind of mistake. Yep. Yeah. You know, that you you call and it's not a it's not a Oh and and I'll do this for the uh, dispatcher folks. Um, if you call by accident, <laughs> let the call go through. Don't hang up. Uh, then, now, oh. they, now they think you're um, somebody's in trouble. Uh, right. They had to right. tell me that all three times. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Just let the call go through and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> well, that's good to know. It I, is good to know. Yeah. You know? Your yeah. first thought is, oh my God. Oh, click. Yeah. Oh, so, I, so you know the feeling. It's, it's, it, that's why it's so hard for some people to call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, those are all really good tips. And, you know, when Marie and I originally talk to you about being on the podcast afterwards we were I was saying you know that very often the fire department comes to our staff development day in fact for a couple of years we had every you know every year they would come and every year it was a little something different one year it was deploying the fire extinguishers Mm -hmm. with an actual you know fire safe fire but a fire (laughs) Um, and it's always really helpful and I feel like I always come away with something, you know, it's the reason I have smoke detectors that work in my house right now. (laughs) Because I went home from one of the original ones and said, do we have smoke detectors that work? And my husband and I both looked up at the ceiling and said, oh, whoops. (laughs) They become part of the background. Yeah. And particularly if you go to change the battery and you don't have that type of battery and you think, oh, well, I'll get that battery. And then six months later, you look up and the thing is dangling from the yeah <laughs> from the screw and has no battery in it <laughs> and that's kind of what we had done so yeah it was really helpful right so. and the fire department is available to assist with anybody's needs if if somebody needs it doesn't have the ability to check their own batteries oh. to oh, check okay. to test their devices you can call us we will make it happen oh, we will come out and help great. Anybody, that's great that's good residents. to know yeah. mm-hmm. That's, that's very really good to nice know because that yeah. could be for someone who's older yeah. and can't climb on a, on ladders or, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's great. that's great. We have people for that. We sure do. Terrific. Yep. Good. Thank you so much. Sorry pleasure. that I almost made you leave out all the the important reason that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're so busy talking about books. Ah. Let's be honest. The books were why I was here. <laughs> both. Both. Yeah, both. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was great to talk to you. Yep. All right, so Catherine, what are we doing next? What's our next? Uh, do we know what our next our topic next is? Topic is uh, comfort reads. Oh, that's right. That Which should be I'm fun. Very All excited right. about. Well, uh, hope to have you listen soon. Thanks, Thanks for Bye. listening.